guys, welcome to episode 54 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives on the well-known and more importantly not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. It's me, Troy McKinney, and um, there are two things that you need to know just like immediately. A, I've already recorded this intro and I fucked it up so I'm doing it again. B, it's early as fuck. It is early. Like, it is... I look, I'm the kind of person that, like, if I wake up early, I need to be validated. Do you know what I mean? Like, I need you to, like, acknowledge it. Otherwise, it wasn't worth it. So I'd love to hear some feedback from you about how proud you are that I'm awake early. It's 5 a.m. Like, I deserve some sort of acknowledgement. It's just, like, it's, this is, I call it the witching hour. Nothing good happens at 5 a.m. And I can literally hear my neighbors, like, getting ready for work, and, like, that gives me anxiety, because I'm not trying to be a part of anybody's work routine, like, ugh, um, but it just made more sense for my day to, like, get up this early, so here we are, awake at 5 a.m., and, uh, dipping in, I mean, to, you guys, first of all, to be awake at 5 in the morning and talking about Charlie Sheen, it is, like, it feels ridiculously unchristian, and you know that, you know what I mean? Early in the morning does feel more holy for some reason. As a really devout Christian, I can tell you that I feel much more connected to God early. Um, and then, you know, to be talking about Charlie Sheen and his fucking tiger blood and his prostitutes and, you know, his mistresses and goddesses and all the things, it's like, you know, it, it, it's a lot. It's a, it's asking a lot. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited, though, because... You know, the Charlie Sheen business is good, baby. I mean, my God, it is really, truly, it just never ends. It, it never, there's never a, a a slope in Charlie Sheen's life. Even when it's boring, it's not. And I told you guys last week that it was like, it made me almost laugh to myself afterwards that I thought that I'd be able to talk about Charlie Sheen and just like kind of wrap it up in one episode and, I'd, you know, dabble in Brooke and talk a little bit about Denise and... Maybe cover a little bit about Heather, but, like, that was a... I mean, that was just a joke. And you probably knew. You know what I mean? That was a joke. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. There's absolutely no fucking way in hell that I would ever be able to to fit a Charlie Sheen episode into one. And I'm telling you right now that I think I may do a part three to this episode. So, obviously, today we're talking about Charlie and Brooke. Because, like, we can't just cut things off. Right before Charlie has a mental breakdown where he invents the term tiger blood. We can't just cut it off. You know what I mean? So we have to talk about Charlie and Brooke. And um, I figured maybe we could do a part three about Heather, Denise, and Richie Sambora. That like love triangle. Because it involves Charlie, our golden boy. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean it's, you know. I, there are things clearly that I need to get off my chest about Heather Locklear. Like, if you listened to last week's episode, uh, I went back and re-listened to it, and it's, like, you know, clearly harboring a lot of feelings. Um, there's a lot that I clearly need to talk about, and you guys know that this is, like, my free therapy. My version of therapy is trying to figure out Lindsay Lohan's problems for her. Like, when I feel like Lindsay's closer to a resolution in her life, suddenly me, <laughs> Oda May you know, a, a, a mere hallway that these people just walk through, uh, I feel better in mine. So if I can help Charlie kind of figure things out, maybe work out a couple things, 
you know, pat out a couple bumps in the rug, if you will, then I feel better about my life. And, uh, you know, Brooke seems to be doing okay. Uh, the last that I heard of Brooke Mueller, she's sober. Um, I had a lot of fun going back and, like, looking up stuff about Brooke Mueller's life because it's hard to find information about Brooke Mueller. She's one of those celebrities that, um, her, you know, her entire identity is sort of wrapped up in the fact that she was married to Charlie Sheen. And when you Google her name, all kinds of, like, Charlie Sheen articles pull up that don't even mention her, which is weird. Um, it's just, she'll, you know, she'll forever be associated with that man and, that's sort of her uh, internet bio, is that she's a woman who married Charlie Sheen. But I wanted to know what her life was like before. And I got some really fun, interesting tea about... And also, by the way, her name's going to be a problem. There's something about Brooke Mueller that just doesn't roll off the tongue. But we should get started. Um, there are, like, birds chirping. Like, the sun is making its arrival. It's not even a... It's... Oh, God, you guys, it's early. If I could get some feedback, yeah, just, like, some DMs from you guys just being, like, so proud of you for being up early. Like, that would be, you know, that would make your boy feel really good and feel like I should be here at 5 a.m. and that I'm not making some stupid mistake. Um, you guys, Brooke and Charlie started dating in May of 2006. They got engaged in 07, and they officially got married in December of 2009. Um, they were divorced by May of 2011. And before meeting Charlie, Brooke was a real estate agent. She lived a very normal life. She was a very comfortable gal living in, like, Boca Raton and just kind of uh, doing her thing, trying to be an actress. Um, you know, when she and Charlie met, uh, Charlie was in the middle of a very public custody battle with Denise that was raging on as we talked about last week and you know Denise was making all these crazy court claims about him you know being abusive and um you know Brooke kind of pushed all that stuff aside um which we'll talk about and gave him a chance because I think she probably you know was drawn to the fact that he was as damaged as she probably felt she was um, which again, we'll get to, let's just talk about Brooke. You want, like, I mean, let's just go for it. Like, you know, it's always ladies first. And, uh, in this case, Charlie Sheen is the obvious much bigger star, but I don't know. I found some really fascinating stuff about Brooke Mueller's life that I think you guys will enjoy. Um, she was born in upstate New York. Her father was a minister slash police officer slash high school teacher slash real estate broker. So her father was James Franco. Um, and when Brooke was 12, her dad died in a motorcycle accident. Um, she has one brother and she's, they're extremely close. He plays a really big part in her like custody battle and stuff. I think during the height of her issues publicly, he had, uh, custody of her children. Um, he's also her complete opposite. He's never smoked or drank a day in his life. He's never even had a cigarette. So he's like, you know, he's the angel on her shoulder that tries to get her to make good choices. Um, and Brooke came from a family that you would, I guess, sort of describe as, uh, I don't know. They're a family that you would see a lot, I think, in like reality TV tropes, especially old school Real Housewives, where they would go from being like moderately rich to extremely rich to like kind of not poor, but like middle class and then back to like upper echelon wealthy 
Um, after her dad passed away, her mom married a millionaire named Kenneth Wolofsky, who made his money as an owner of a construction company. And uh, at that point, she and her family had picked up and they moved to Palm Beach after her dad died. Uh, this is where this man kind of like had his business booming. Um, and Brooke was really close to her dad, so it was a really traumatic experience. I bet if you sat down and talked to Brooke Mueller, like if we did some sort of like reality TV therapy, which like she's been on that kind of shit before, right? She's been on like celebrity therapy or whatever on we tv i mean right isn't that like hasn't she been on some kind of show like that like couples therapy or what i mean not family therapy whatever um and kenneth her new stepdad he was a very popular florida socialite he was extremely well known he was very well liked and uh although kenneth had like you know a good amount of money they weren't technically really rich until he opened uh, the, let's see, what hotel did he open? The Le Hermitage. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, the luxury hotel in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, her mom also became really successful in real estate at the same time. So her stepdad and her mom sort of like hit it big. And, you know, they had this combined income that made them very super wealthy. Um, they went from living in like a regular condo to then living in this big giant house and being like a focal point of like Palm Beach society. Um, in high school, Brooke was a cheerleader, which is apparently a big deal. I just figured I'd mention it because every single blog I read mentioned it. Like it seems to really be uh, a, a an emotional tether from her past. I don't really, I don't know. Um, she went to the very exclusive Benjamin School in Palm Beach um, where high school tuition starts off at $25,000. Can we talk? Um, and as a teenager, Brooke became known as a party girl. That was where she started drinking and smoking. Um, she was arrested for a DUI after running a, a, a road sign in 2001. Um, she was also arrested for possession of cocaine. And uh, because her family was so connected at the time, she got all of her charges dismissed. Like She never got in trouble. Um... And there's this man who I, and I like to believe is like, what I picture in my mind, so his name is Joe Lambiet, Lambiet, Joe, if you're listening, honey, I am rooting for you. He's this guy who owned a website back in the day called palmtolive.com, and uh, it's since been changed to gossipextra.com, and it's since been, I mean, it's still open, but the website, he no longer updates it, um... But Palm to Live was, like, basically guest of a guest, but for Florida socialites. And, like, I don't know. He was this person who sort of reported on her early. Like, he was, he was posting articles about her as a local um, Florida socialite. And he said she was a party girl. Um, that's not so secret. It doesn't, make a, it doesn't make her a bad person. She's not a typical... Um, she's not atypical of the rich youth of Palm Beach. And she's, he said, this is a town where the rich and famous people come to play and come to party. So, like, that was what she was. She was kind of like a Tara Reid, if that makes sense. Like, she was a young, sort of hot, wealthy, former cheerleader party girl. And a really interesting fact that I found out from um, that Palm Beach post uh, from 2011 
was that Kenny, her new stepdad, his brother, Peter, who at the time was 84, he's since passed away, was involved in, or maybe he hasn't, I'm not sure, he was, of course he is, I don't know, um, so at the time, he was involved in this lawsuit claiming uh, that he and the person in charge of, like, the family business deals were involved in this, like, million-dollar psychic scam, where I guess they were apparently, like, laundering, like, millions and millions of dollars from people who were desperate to, like, you know, they specialized in people who wanted to speak to family members and um, people that had crossed over, and, like, they did soul cleansing and, like, cleansings for the wicked uh and like vanquishing of evil spirits removing family curses a very like stephen king thinner shit you know what i mean um and he was also involved in this major drug drug ring this is crazy he was involved in a drug ring um that was being run from a local strip shop you guys let's just live in the moment for a second a strip shop can we talk that's like that's 5 a.m troy <laughs> a local strip shop is that what we're gonna start calling strip clubs now because i'm okay with that if it is <sighs> he was involved in a major drug ring being run out of a local strip club and here's how the operation went you're gonna die it went public because they tried to f buy a five million dollar submarine from the soviet union to transfer drugs underwater from U.S. to Canada. Can we? Tuck, like, what? They tried to buy a submarine to bring bricks of cocaine over in bulk. Which, like, is genius, first of all. Um, and I just love the idea of these, like, these old white men from Florida sitting at, like, the Bada Bing talking about buying a submarine like that's crazy um kenny wolofsky passed away at 72 in april of 2003 and brooke's mom remarried rock singer joe fiore which i i had no idea who this person was prior to this episode but i do suggest you go look at his twitter he hasn't tweeted since 2014 but he's got some real gems you know what i mean he's like 30 followers um he's like a famous singer it's like an old man that like got a hold of a, of an old Blackberry or something that he found at like a, a, a discount store, um, didn't know that it wasn't the latest technology and just like has been, t you know, tweeting his heart out, but he stopped in 2014. So Joe, if you're out there and you are kicking or no, actually, you know, I think Joe passed away. Did he? Is Joe alive? No, Joe's alive. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> Joe, um, we're rooting for you too, hon. <coughs> You guys, sorry. Another thing about me that you have to figure out, you'll have to learn, is that I cough in the morning. It's a thing. It's, like, a thing that I've always, since I was, like, eight, I've always woken up just gagging. I don't know. It's, like, literally as a child, I would wake up sounding like I spent the night before, like, trying to find a man in a bar. You know what I mean? I don't know where it comes from, but I just, in the morning, I just gag, so I'm sorry. I can't edit out gags. I can, but you guys know that I won't. Um... So after college, um, Brooke tried her hand at real estate. She was really successful at it. It's sort of what she's known for, aside from marrying Charlie. She sold properties in Palm Beach and L.A. Um, she then quit real estate to become an actress. 
and uh, she changed her name from uh, Brooke, Brooke Mueller to Brooke Allen for a short period of time. She uh, she also uh, starred in a couple direct <laughs> direct to video horror films. One of them called um, Witch House. Uh, the preview for the movie looked just absolutely superb, and uh, thumbs up emoji for that one. And she also worked as a correspondent on Extra. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I mean, not to be the bearer of bad news, but that's like pretty much all I could find on Brooke, like. Her life is very, uh, it's very, I don't know, people just don't, I guess they don't care, which I, I guess I understand, like, there's no need to, like, get the, the Brooke Mueller bio, but, like, I don't know, I thought it would be interesting. She seems to have some really, um, fascinating characters in her life, but it's really, really hard to find out anything about her. Her Wikipedia is very sparse, and, uh, any website that mentions her, like I said, it's mostly just information about Charlie. Now, when it comes to Charlie Sheen, um, if we pick up where we left off, Denise and Charlie are uh, are not in a good place, and Denise has just uh, filed a restraining order against Charlie for uh, knocking her down while holding their child and uh, telling her that he thought wanted her to, to die. Um, <clears throat> so he's been ordered to stay a minimum of three thousand. I'm sorry, three hundred yards away from Denise and their children. He can only see the kids during supervised visits, and this is a result of him, like I said, uh, pushing her over and her falling backwards on one of her kids' toys um, in her home. Now, when Charlie met Brooke and made it clear to the people in his life that he was interested in this girl, I mean, at that time, I think everybody thought, like, this would be a really great change for him. You know, he was in the middle of this crazy custody battle with Denise. They weren't speaking and Charlie was in a really bad place. And I think a lot of people thought, you know, cool, like, she's this normal girl from Florida who does real estate. Maybe she'll, like, be the thing that calms him down. Like, she's not in the business and whatever. You know, I think before anybody had any idea, any idea that Brooke Mueller is the female version of Charlie Sheen. I mean, let's talk. Like, Brooke Mueller is the furthest thing from an angel. She's no angel. Um... So she and Charlie met in April of 06 at a birthday party for director Brett Ratner. And they were apparently introduced by B-list movie star Rebecca Gayhart and her husband Eric Dane of Grey's Anatomy fame. Um, Scott Mueller, her brother, who I mentioned earlier, who was straight edge, told the Daily Beast, uh, he said... I certainly knew about his past, he said. However, he showed himself to be generous, charming, and intelligent. The beginning of our relationship started off very well, and I could see why my sister had fallen in love with Charlie. Um, Charlie and Brooke made their relationship public at the 6th annual Chrysalis Butterfly Ball in June of 2006. Um, People Magazine reported that Charlie showed his gentlemanly side to his new his new girlfriend by putting his tuxedo jacket over her cold shoulders. And, um, it's definitely worth mentioning that at the same time, Denise Richards had gone public in her relationship with Richie Sambora. Um, like I said, I think I'm going to do a part three to this episode to like fully, fully dive into like the Heather Lockley or Richie Sambora, Denise Richards, love triangle feud rivalry of it all. 
um, that the breakup of that friendship and the involvement of Charlie, you know, I think um, <clears throat> not that many years after this, Denise had custody of Brooke's children with Charlie because Brooke was in rehab and, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole fucking clusterfuck of just insanity. Um, 15 months into the relationship, Charlie and Brooke went public with their engagement, which was first reported by Us Weekly. Um, it was reported that Charlie proposed to Brooke on a Costa Rican, be- Costa Rican beach with a $500,000 engagement ring, which like, you know how I feel about that. No, thank you. I would have thrown it into the ocean. Um, <clears throat> that same month, Denise was spotted shopping with Brooke and a Denise source, aka like her Illinois-based dad, uh, told People Magazine, Denise wants her to feel comfortable. She put together a bag with toys for her and the girls, along with a card telling her she's glad that Brooke makes their daddy so happy. Um... Now, Charlie and Brooke exchanged vows in front of 60 close friends and family. Um, they they asked for guests to donate to charities, which is cool. So um, instead of buying wedding gifts, everything went to pal, uh, pugs, for pal, pugs and Pals. And um, let's see, what other charity was it? Oh, the Chrysalia's Changing Lives Through Jobs charity. Um... Fun fact, Charlie and Brooke actually got married at Adrian Maloof and Paul Nassif's home. In their backyard was decorated uh, to look like an enchanted garden. Uh, Brooke wore a Reem Accra dress and Charlie wore a suit from Men's Warehouse. Um, Charlie promised in his vows to, quote, Organize less and listen more. Quit breaking a hug too soon and mute the ball game when Brooke tells him to. Brooke promised to cook more meals that don't involve the microwave, keep a pile of keep her pile of degree on her side of the bed, and below two feet, um, and uh, clean her closet once per decade. Ugh, it's like all right, all right. I promise not to spend too much money on the credit card buying shoes and makeup. It's like all right, we get it. You're a girl and he's a guy, and you guys are gonna. It's okay, fine, whatever. Oh, you guys, it's early. I need that validation, you guys. I need the validation that I'm awake early. I literally, I'm not kidding. I need DMs saying, like, I'm literally so proud of you for waking up early. I need that, or else I won't be able to grapple with it. Um, By August of uh, 2008, Brooke was pregnant with their twins, Bob and Max. And uh, they had a pretty iconic prenup, according to Gawker, Charlie agreed to give Brooke a yearly check for $300,000 that was dubbed the anniversary payment installment, whatever that even means. Um, He was also um, to give her a one-time payment of $500,000 that was going to be given exactly 180 days after they got married. Charlie also agreed to pay for her living expenses, so like food, clothing, transportation, vacation, Hair care, gym, gas, nails, etc. Um, they did, however, sign away each other's rights to their earnings. So whatever Charlie made, you know, while he was with her, uh, she would not receive. Um, and then as far as assets, Charlie claimed a $5.6 million collection, um, a watch collection. Uh, he had a an art and antiques collection that was worth more than $8.5 million. 
um, his mansion, his Beverly Hills mansion, and uh, at the time his net worth was at least sixteen million, not including what he was being paid to star in Two and a Half Men. Um, apparently, his earnings for that were like locked in some vault at the time, um, a figurative vault where like it couldn't be, uh, I don't know, documented or I don't know some weird fucking thing. But I mean, for him to be worth fifteen million pre Two and a Half Men. At the time where, like, Two and a Half Men is the one of the most popular, if not the most popular sitcom on network television. And at the time, Charlie was the highest paid television star. So, I mean, you can imagine the money that this man was bringing in. And also just, like, the havoc that he was wreaking on his bank account with, like, drugs and whatever. Um, now, we have to talk about this first arrest. It's it's referred to on the internet as the Aspen Incident. Um, and it's like, you know, I know what you're thinking. We've gone almost, we're at a half hour, and we've not talked yet about Charlie being arrested, which is actually, a, it's a breakthrough. The fact that we were able to get through a half hour of Charlie Sheen content and not bring up an arrest was actually, it's, it's, a, it's a pivotal moment. Uh, but it's over, because we are at Charlie's first arrest. A true first domino in this relationship, um, Charlie was arrested for battery. So, it was reported in December of 2009 that Brooke and Charlie got into this very intense fight that resulted in Charlie holding a knife um, point at her throat while they were at their home in Aspen. So, like, let's, like, unwrap this for a second. So, when Officer Rick Magnuson, which, like, <coughs> sorry, let me take a sip of a uh, tap water. By the way, this water, do you ever drink tap water and just think, like, I don't want this? Like, is that ever a thought that crosses your mind? But then you think, well, there are people in the world who would literally, like, cut off a limb for a, a, a literal drop of this water. Um, I just sometimes feel like tap water tastes like chlorine. Um, anyway, I don't even, I'm, I may edit that out. Um, so when Rick Magnuson arrived at their home, I was going to say that name could not sound more like movie cop name. You know what I mean? Rick Magnuson. Um, when he arrived at their home, he stated that uh, in his re police report that he didn't immediately notice any obvious injuries or anything at first glance. He noticed much later that Brooke had like choke marks on her neck. Um... He took Charlie into the basement to question him away from Brooke. And this is where Charlie admitted that they had been having marital issues and that she abused alcohol. So allegedly, <clears throat> the fight began around 3.30 in the morning after Charlie shared a song with her. This is Charlie's report. Charlie shared a song with her that... Um, it's like, it was a song that he, he and his daughter loved, but this was his daughter with Denise. And I guess the song or the mention of the song and the fact that like this was like with Denise or whatever, um, apparently sent Brooke into like a jealous fit, which escalated into her threatening to divorce him and take their children. Uh, Charlie told the police officer that he and Brooke slapped each other on the arms while arguing, but denied striking her or touching her or hitting her in any um, serious way, whatever that means. Um, he also admitted that he did take her glasses off her face and shatter them. 
Now, I listened to the 911 call. Uh, Brooke told the person on the phone that her husband had threatened her with a switchblade and that she needed to file a report so that it would be on record. Um, she, she also was panicking because he was packing his bags to try and leave before the cops got there. Um, he, he obviously didn't get out fast enough, but she was like panicked that she wouldn't be able to get him, you know, get him on record, like lying that he, he abused her. Um, so Book, (laughs) Book, Book reported in her, uh, in her account that, um, Charlie opened the switchblade, put it to her throat and said, you better be in fear, bitch. If you tell anybody, I'll kill you. Your mother's money means nothing. He said, I have ex-police I can hire who know how to get the job done and they won't leave a trace of you. So, um, yeah, which like is very on brand for Charlie. He's the kind of guy that would threaten you constantly with like, you know, Tommy Two-Tone coming up and like fucking whacking you. You know what I mean? Somewhere very Sopranos. Like it's very, it's all very Sopranos. Um, so Charlie spent most of his day, most of Christmas day behind bars uh, he was released on $8,000 bail. Um, Charlie was told that the charge carries two to eight years in prison with a fine of up to $500,000. You guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point, I think you know the drill. You've got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate. And then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast. You'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week. You'll get Liz Bentley's Feathers in My Hair, which is the Teen Mom podcast. Um, You'll get me and Molly's uh, Brittany and Kevin Chaotic special. You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.